Hello, welcome to Goblet of Wine, a drunken Harry Potter podcast. I'm Hannah. And I'm Charlie. And in today's episode, we're going to be discussing chapters 13 and 14 of Prisoner of Azkaban with Kim from Fanatical Fix. Yay! We are so excited to have Kim on and you will hear her voice in a little bit. But first, very quickly, we have some thank yous to do. So our first thank yous are to two new patrons, Kim and Raul. Thank you so much for joining our Patreon. You are helping support the podcast so much and you're both wonderful. Yes, thank you so much also big thank you to our three new producer level patrons mark danny and amanda they all already were patrons but they've made the very kind decision to upgrade which is fantastic thank you so much we will be having your episodes devoted to your choice of booze very soon correct so get excited to hear those and we have a few new reviews to quickly go through so thank you to samad who says our podcast is easy listening easy confuses me because i think we're quite erratic um but they learn new things from the podcast look at that we're educating people we are we should teach in schools no don't let us near schools (laughs) 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 and thank you so much to kate cat who loves the tangents that we go on that's good because we just went on one we just went on one and finally thank you so much to dave from crooked ones who says he's having withdrawal now that he's caught up on all the episodes um sorry about that but enjoy this episode enjoy this episode in other news we have just launched our first ever listener survey so if you want to help improve the podcast tell us what you like what you don't like um give us some opinions on things like merch upload days um potential sponsorships all that good jazz or you just really want a place to vent and tell us how much you fucking hate hate us us and where we can improve head on over the link is in the description it's also all over our social media um we would absolutely love any responses to that we would this survey is like some of the main things that are gonna implement some decisions we're making in the future so if you have any opinions on the podcast about the way it's run about basically anything we are listening to every single response so go and check out our listener survey it's fun to do yes we also particularly want some good quotes that we can put on merchandise yes yeah okay so without further ado get ready to hear our and kim's hot takes on chapters 13 and 14 of prisoner of azkaban Hello. We're back with another episode. We're doing that thing where we pass the sentence between we're just, us. <laughs> just like, ha ha ha. Oh. Yeah. We're back with another episode. Uh, really exciting me. Today we have our first guest that's not in the room. What? Yeah. We have Kim from Fanatical Fix. What up? I was really worried I was going to say your podcast name wrong. Then I was like, the pressure's too much. I'm going to say something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it is a long um, ass name. Yeah. And I'm always like, fantastic beast. No fanatical what? Fantastic <laughs> What? <laughs> yeah, fanatical fix. Uh, is it safe to say our favorite? I'd say it's yeah. my favorite other Harry Potter podcast. Would you like to tell everyone a bit about that? Is it? the highest compliment. Um, so we are a <laughs> comedic uh, Harry Potter fan fiction podcast where we find ridiculous fan fictions and then read them to each other while laughing incessantly, hysterically. <laughs> Sometimes I I always listen to it on my commute into work, and I've started to worry I'm going to be known as like the maniac on. Vauxhall Bridge because I actually like sometimes cry laugh down Vauxhall Bridge just like that is so great my old my goal used to be to make Sequoia cry every episode (laughs) 
That's such a good question. What can either laughter or just her horrified tears? <laughs> yeah. What are we drinking today, Kim? Um, I've picked up a couple ciders. Uh because I love them. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we picked up the same. We love cider. Yeah, I'm really, really glad well that you, when you said this. Oh. <laughs> Dang, I just finished one. Here, let me let me crack another one open. Let's get some nice audio. Yes, yes, Sound audio. Yes. Hopefully that yes. got recorded. So, Kim, what house are you? Okay, so I have a couple <laughs> answers to that, because of course I do. If I'd been sorted at 11, I would have been in Ravenclaw. Just uh-huh. that's the truth. But I identify so much with Zachariah Smith. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard anyone oh, say that sentence. That is a hot take. Yeah. Thank wow. you. <laughs> He's just the worst. And I just identify with that so strongly. <laughs> I love that. I love that. that I so think, that makes you a Hufflepuff or yes. just Zachariah Smith? Just a shitty Hufflepuff. <laughs> Okay, so chapter 13, Gryffindor versus Ravenclaw. Nice. I am Um, so sad Sequoia couldn't be here today. She actually plays Quidditch. (gasps) Oh my god! Oh no! Or played Quidditch, I guess. She uh, is the founder of Quidditch in Utah. She started the team. So she's That's so cool. She's like an OG Quidditch player and it's such a bummer that she couldn't be here to talk Quidditch with you because all I have are shitty Quidditch takes. But this is such a Quidditch heavy book and such a Quidditch heavy chapter. It's a shame she couldn't be here. I mean Prisoner of Azkaban is one of my favorite No, they're all my favorite. What am I saying? Beginning of every book, I'm like, where does it come on your list? And you're like, stop trying to make me have a list. I know it's just too hard. And I'm always like, oh, so like Prisoner for Azkaban, but then also Goblet of Fire, but then also Deathly Hallows, but then also like that's all the books. Well done, you've all listed all the books. Congratulations, literally all of them. But I feel like this is a great book. But I feel like this is where it starts to kick off. Yeah, like yeah. So mm-hmm. Ron and Miney are super angry at each other, and they're now not speaking because right at the end of the last chapter, we found out that it looks like. Crookshanks has eaten scabbers mm-hmm. and both of the others think they're wrong and I'm trying to work out who is wrong and it I is both of them it's both of yeah. them yeah it's so sad that they just can't like apologize to each other yeah it's so but the thing is it's so reminiscent of like me at 13 exactly 14. like yeah. I'm stubborn now I was 10 times more stubborn at 13 there was no way I would have apologized for something like yeah. this yep. like Hermione definitely should be like oh damn sorry sorry but, my cat ate your rat yeah, <laughs> but then also has to be like is like I'm sorry your rat's dead and yeah. she I'll buy you can't a do one. that <laughs> yeah and Which, he literally says that in the later chapter he's like if she just apologized and I'm like yeah Ron's kind of right like yeah yeah and then it's like obviously in hindsight you're like oh no Hermione was correct but she didn't know she was correct no no mm-hmm. they're both wrong and they're both being idiots and Harry's just caught in the middle like I'm not going to talk to both of them but he does side with Ron he does like they're both being is... kind of shitty and he does side with Ron he does yeah and just because Ron stops being to her he refuses and it's like Harry, could you yeah. be a better friend, please? I feel like Harry is just always like apathetic about everything. Like he's a typical man <laughs> where he just doesn't ask the questions that he should ask. He tries Sorry, with just... Hermione a couple times, I think. Yeah. Which is yeah. which is okay, which is good for Harry. Harry's yeah. like he attempting something. <laughs> but he just he just doesn't really care about anything that's not really himself. So when like Ron's basically bullying Hermione, Harry's just kind of like Okay. And one yeah. like, could you maybe stop? And one's like, no. Harry's like, right. like, okay, yeah. that's fine. I think it's okay, interesting I how hard Ron takes Scabber's death. Yeah. 
because he does nothing but complain about scabbers. And Ron does that with everything. Yes. It's like how we were saying in the last, I think the last episode or the episode before that, how like he always calls Hermione a know-it-all, but it, Snape can't call her that. That's two completely different things. Mm. And it's the same with scabbers. Like, <laughs> oh, scabbers is so annoying. Scabbers are this, scabbers is that. But he loved scabbers. Yeah. yeah. Ron's such a sweet boy. Like, yeah. <laughs> just emotionally stunted. Oh, oh my yeah. God. He's like someone I would date. He <laughs> is. I would date Ron. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, it's true. It's sad, but true. Oh, yeah. Sad, 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 but true. Yeah. Hermione, just oh. this whole year is so hard for her. Yeah. Just in its, it's entirety. So like I was when I was reading this chapter, I was like, man, this whole book should have just been called Hermione Granger and the year long stress nightmare. Yeah, yeah, literally like the bit where we find out later she's been crying at Hagrid's. I'm like, this isn't fair of her. Yeah. So Gryffindor train for the match tomorrow. And it's the first time Harry has ever ridden the fireball. And he gives Ron a little practice on it. He said about how it like it responds more to his like thoughts than, than his touches. Like, Quidditch must actually be quite physical. Like, if you're turning it with your body, you must fully have to, like... It is a sport. Yeah. We joke about Quidditch muscles on our podcast, like, what are Quidditch muscles? But (laughs) actually, yes. Yeah, I assume it's the same level of sport as, like, rowing, where you're not technically using... Or horse riding, where you're not... Yeah, you're not technically using your legs on the ground, but you are still exercising. And it's like your core, isn't it? Yeah, they probably got some sick Quidditch abs. Yeah, yeah. But then I was thinking, like, does Harry get less of a workout because it's less effort? Like, is Harry going to lose his abs because he's got... Because Harry, age 13, Harry has so many abs. <laughs> Harry went away summer and got hot. He got abs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That is in every um, fan fiction. Oh, my gosh. What, like, Ron's Quidditch muscles when he's done Ron to has on the TV Ron Quidditch muscles. muscles. <laughs> <laughs> Wood points out that Cho Chang's broom will look like... It's a joke compared to the fireball. And we've said this so many times, but it's not fair that yeah. Harry is allowed. And yeah. But it's, it seems like broom. so typical of the wizarding community to be like, oh, you're the one with the money, so you get the privilege, you know? Yeah. And the yeah. thing is, like... It's so we, shitty, we, but typical. We, we sometimes talk about how Hogwarts does have a lot of these things left over from, like, English boarding schools. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, this is quite an English boarding school thing mm-hmm. because it's only rich people that would go there. So it doesn't matter about having sanitized equipment because everyone's rich. But that doesn't translate to Hogwarts where not everyone is rich, but yeah. it's based on a boarding school. It's yeah. like... Yeah, it's yeah, kind of... It's so ridiculous that they get to provide their own equipment, but... It kind of makes sense, I guess. I don't know. It's just kind of a shitty thing that the wizarding community would do. Yeah, because it like the way that they describe how good the fireball is just makes it seem like nothing else can compete. And it's like, well, then that what's entirely the defeats the yeah. fucking point. Yeah. yeah like, what's the point sport. of playing a sport against someone who has such superior equipment to you that it doesn't even? It'd be like racing against a car that's way better than yours. It doesn't make any yeah, sense. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. it's like taking like a normal car out against like a Formula One car around the track like however yeah. good you are you're not going to win exactly because yeah. it sounds like it sounds like Cho like later on in the match the way that she's playing is really fucking strategic yeah yeah. like she's actually when Harry plays he's like oh I just fly around the place <laughs> and then when it's like Cho she's actually like trying Locking to like block him, him and, and tail him. him yeah I feel like it is like kind of like the classic where it's like the amount of effort that a woman has to put in <laughs> versus a man <laughs> to like get even half the success <laughs> 
man, yes. <laughs> yeah, because yes. it sounds like like they were both going for the snitch, and then Harry's on the fast broom, so just gets there first, and like exactly sucks to be Cho. <laughs> yeah, I mean there mm-hmm. are occasions where being a better flyer does help. Like Harry beats Draco handily on his Nimbus two thousand, but it's exactly. still super questionable anyway so yeah Cho Chang um, being appointed the Ravenclaw seeker and that Harry um, like thinks about how she's quite pretty oh I love that bit yeah. so yes and it's a like, bit further ahead than where I was but like I literally love that it's like his tummy flips over like it's so yeah. cute yeah and it's like the first time you have like Harry like having a crush like, on oh, someone like, yeah, yeah, yeah it know, is the first time so here's the thing I actually did kind of want to talk about this Cho Chang it means a lot to me I, so I'm an Asian American person um, and I grew up in a community where I was like the only Asian kid in my class. We, we moved to a really rural, rural area when I was little. And the fact that Cho is not only super smart in Ravenclaw, um, she's also really good at sports and really pretty. And she was just kind of like a really inspirational character for me as a kid. Yeah. And she meant a lot to me. But also at the same time, her first name and her last name are both last names. Yeah. And her yeah. first name is a Korean last name. So, <laughs> yikes. It's, yeah, and growing up, that's something, like, I never knew, obviously. Yeah. I was just like, uh, and it's this classic thing, like, it's like, if, we talk about it a lot, J.K. Rowling kind of be like, look, there is diversity and it's mm-hmm. a bit like she was trying to say to a british audience look mm-hmm. it's clearly an asian person Just and now growing up i'm like wait no asian, i'm like, like wait no now i realize that's two asian surnames yeah you, know, you can't just do that and like in hindsight i'm not remotely surprised with all we now know about jk rowling yeah. but good. also to be fair to joe my name is my grandma's last name so okay so yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah, it happens. It does but happen. Also, a little yikes. Yeah, especially considering, like, in Curse Child, she wrote whatever Ron and Padma's daughter is isn't his name. A fucking Panju. Not a name. Panju is like <laughs> it's not a name. It's like an, it's like I've read that it's a place. It's not a name. It's not even a name. I love it. It's so messed yeah. up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. justice for Panju. Oh, Panju. <laughs> he just stopped existing. Poor Panju. I also think, like, I'm excited to talk about. Cho later on in the book like I'm excited she's finally in it because you're right she's like this really cool character she's yeah. super smart she's plays sport and then she goes through this terrible thing and it seems she gets no support a, no support yeah. and it seems to the eyes of a teenage boy who pretty much dumps her because she's depressed and it's yeah. kind of like yeah. oh god that's yeah looking back and this is what we're doing as an adult reader because I used to be like god Cho Chang's annoying and now I'm like Oh my god that child needs help yeah Yeah, Yeah. literally yeah no cho was so cool i thought she was amazing when i was little actually something that's kind of interesting is she's often portrayed in fan fiction as kind of like the cheerleader character like the mean girl cheerleader that's standing in the way of harry like in the in the era that i'm reading which is 2003 yeah so that's often the role she takes um yeah it's so. interesting it's kind of like if I feel like 2003 it's kind of like if a girl is described openly as pretty it's kind of turned around and it's like fan fiction and things it's like oh yeah. well she must be like the bitchy cheerleader rather than being yeah a yeah. smart independent yeah. woman but and Cho like is really with, smart and that's just like a fact about her and I I don't know I just really looked up yeah her. it was the same with like how Fleur was she treated where it was like oh pretty character no she's a bitch yeah Oh yeah, yeah but, but that actually happens stupid. in the books and that's fucking messed up. 
it is yeah. messed up. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm excited to talk about that when we get to it as well, because it's... That's a ways just, in the future. Yeah. Oh, I know. Like, half of this podcast like, is us just being like, I'm really excited to talk about this thing. Yeah. <laughs> it keeps people listening. It's fine yeah. to say that. <laughs> but yeah, some of the women are a bit... Whew. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, like, just before the match, Percy and Penelope, it's revealed they've put, like, a £10 galleon bet each way on the match. But Percy reveals that he doesn't have the money for this bet, which is so un-Percy. Like, Percy's this straight, nice guy. And then I imagine he's so (laughs) infatuated with his girlfriend. She's like, should we bet 10 galleons? And he's just like, yes. Mm -hmm. I I feel feel like like it's kind of like a Slytherin-y thing to do. And Percy's pretty Slytherin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I think my favorite thing that has come from this reread has been like Percy and Penelope's relationship (laughs) and how invested in it I am. Like, it's gone from just being like a throwaway thing that I never paid attention to to now just like really paying attention to the dynamics between these two. We don't know when we broke up. We're gonna have to keep an eye on this. (laughs) I know. I think the interesting thing is that he holds her to the bet, but. Do you think he would have held up the his end of the bet if he had lost? No, no. absolutely not. He would have like tried yeah. to get out. Of it. Like, oh, that it's was a, a joke. It's a really slimy thing. Yeah, it was a joke. No, yeah. no, we can't bet in school but matches also, anyway. Like, imagine like actually betting your girlfriend like a considerable amount of money. You wouldn't make her do it. No, like but he, me and he might goes bet, to bet like oh, two pounds. Yeah, and yeah. he's excited. He's like, Harry, you've won. Must go get the money off Penelope. I'm like. What? It's weird. Ugh. Like, don't be a douchebag. Maybe this is why they didn't stay together. I Definitely know, not. I know. I just, she broke up like, with him then. Yeah, yeah. she's just like, you're a dickhead. Yeah, like, I'm not saying that Percy would have been an incel, but... <laughs> and I feel so bad because Chris is lovely and I have a lot of Chris trouble isn't trying Percy. to separate the two. They're not the same person. <laughs> to me, they are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh no. Percy in the book is allowed to suck because it's interesting. Yeah, and it, it's a very interesting character, especially because he's a Weasley. So the game starts and we get the best game commentary in all seven books. It's the one where Lee Jordan is trying to talk about the fireball constantly and we're going to be like, could you concentrate on the match? Could you concentrate on the match? Oh, I love, this- I love how invested McGonagall is in Quidditch. Quidditch is she one of my loves favorite things. Yeah. So cool. I need... We've said this before. I want a podcast between Lee Jordan and Professor McGonagall. Like, yes. that's what I want. Oh, we oh, skipped, yes. we skipped um, Harry uh, coming out on the Quidditch pitch and noticing that Cho's extremely pretty. Yes. Um, and, like, and they're, like, looking at each other. So he notices she's extremely pretty, and then he feels a jolt near his stomach. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Very near. Mm-hmm. I thought it was yeah. in his stomach. I didn't read it as near his mm-hmm. stomach. Oh. It says near. Uh, something quivered look do you think it's hard to play quidditch with a boner yes yes (laughs) would it not get in the way like Like, you already got wood between your legs you don't need further somebody's got wood surely broomstick riding is hard for men anyway (laughs) they like this is the thing like you would think that they would have like a little seat on them but then in the film they don't no, it's just a pole just between your to, legs. I mean, it's hard for women anyway. Like, riding a bike hurts enough. A broomstick? Like, wow. <laughs> mm. 
Yeah. It's something we need to think about. Like, I'm very used to having wood between my legs. But that's the sound Stop! Like... Bringing the tone <laughs> down in this <laughs> way. It's nice. my job. Nice. <laughs> my brand. Nice. I'm not sure what this means, but Sequoia has definitely mentioned broom burn to me before. So... Oh. I can imagine there's a chafing. I can imagine yeah. some chafing, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, splinters even. Oh, they had to. They switched from um like twiggy back ends of their of the Muggle Quidditch brooms to like a foam end. So I would, yeah, I would imagine some splinters. Oh wow! (laughs) Oh gosh, Mm. I'm uncomfortable thinking about that. Mm. Yeah. So then Cho keeps being more tactical and blocking Harry, and Harry. is trying to not be too mean about it and Wood ends up yelling at him don't be a gentleman knock her off her broom if you have to it's so good I wrote down that quote I also wrote down McGonagall being like are you being paid to advertise fireballs (laughs) (laughs) oh so good so good so both Cho and Harry are they've been searching for snitch the match has been going on and they both start to go for the snitch when three dementors walk onto the pitch and Harry just without a second thought just Cast expecto patronum. Which do you not think much? The must have looked like sick to the rest of the school. Like he's oh, on a broom, so flying good. through the air. He pulls out his wand and just casts a perfect corporeal patronus, which most of them won't have seen before. Yeah. yeah. And then continues to fly and then catches the stitch. Uh-huh. At that point, that was when it would have been like Harry Potter. Oh, fucking badass. Like, yeah. you know when you do something and you're like, I wish I could see me do that? Yes. Like, yes. You do something so smooth. And you're like, like, that never happens cool. to me. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I was kind of imagining what if he, like, cast Expecto Patronum and then, because he was concentrating, wasn't looking where he was going, and then just rammed into the stadium edge. <laughs> <laughs> That's how totally I like ruined that. it. Oh, <laughs> accidentally swallows the snitch again. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Harry just really loves deep throating snitches. Oh, stop. Nice. <laughs> So he yeah. catches the snitch. Yay. Oh, um, so cool. And then lands and he's like, oh my God, Lupin, the Dementors. And Lupin's like, yeah. It was. Yeah. Come and have a look. <laughs> Lupin is yeah. so it's proud of was... Harry in that moment. It's so cute. He's it's like, you did a really a good... good job with that spell. I watched you play Quidditch real good. Also, it wasn't the mentors. Come and look at Malfoy being told off. Like, it's, oh. uh, it's, it almost feels like it's meant to be the end of the book. Like, it's so many lovely things all at once. <laughs> so Slytherin lose 50 points. No, which... Ravenclaw. Oh, no, Slytherin what? lose Slytherin. 50 yeah, points. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I see. What? Since when is Draco in Ravenclaw? No, I thought you were saying that, like, Slytherin lost the Quidditch match. I wasn't listening to you. Wow. Oh, man, just, like, yeah. Malfoy, like, planning out that... That prank is so classic Malfoy. I love it so much. How did he think it was going to work? And he put so so much effort into just, like, fucking with Harry. Yes. Just, like, an abnormal amount of effort where you're just like, "Eh, you're a bit gay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, we have said this many times. Like, the way he basically follows Harry around to make fun of him. I'm like, if you don't like him, just leave him alone. Dreary for life, my dudes. Yeah. Yeah, he always has to, like, go into his, like, compartment compartment on the train. train, (laughs) And you're just like... Leave him alone. Yeah. His day isn't complete unless he's seen Harry and made fun of him somehow. Yeah, he'll like go all the way over to him in like the Great Hall just to make some snarky remark. Yeah. He does does that before the match too, doesn't he? He does. Yeah, he comes over to be like, 
I can't remember what he says, because but Harry has to come back like, maybe your broom can grow an extra arm so he can catch the snitch view. Such a great sassy oh, Harry yeah. moment. Yeah, sassy <laughs> Harry is my favorite Harry. Harry. So good. Oh, so good. So then it's party time. <laughs> they have a huge party. Hermione is not joining in. She's but Harry actually... continuing to have a mental breakdown. Yeah, and yeah. still no one is looking out for this girl. Oh, she's having a I mental know. breakdown. Like, I literally, like, I'm so glad later on in the books when she starts to befriend Ginny because Harry and Ron are just the worst fucking friends. Like, yeah. she is clearly They're not looking out for her. Shit. No. Yeah. Like, to be in the middle of a party and she's very obviously, like, freaking out about the amount that she has to do. Yeah. It's so obvious that she's taken on too much and they just literally could not give two shits. Yeah. Like, reading this chapter as someone that has had the world's busiest past two weeks, yeah. I would just, like, so fucking <laughs> sympathetic to Hermione and I'm just like, why is no one caring? Yeah. Somebody also, help like, her. I, yeah. Like, the thing is, I'm sure Professor McGonagall kept being like, are you okay? Because we've given you this time turner. This is a lot of work. Yeah. But Hermione being Hermione would have been like, I'm fine. I'm fine. This is fine. I'm fine. <laughs> but she needed someone who knows that her saying she's fine. Wasn't she true. isn't fine. Yeah. yeah. She was sobbing in the corner every night. Yeah. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. then Ron decides this is a great time to make a dig about it. And she does end up sobbing. Yeah. And running upstairs to her room. Mm-hmm. And Harry's just like, it, uh. uh he's that's so fun. shit. He Not is helpful. Like pretty shit. I know he's a teenage boy and they're all shit and I know that they're all grown men are shit but he's just especially shit all he cares about is himself he does yeah oh Harry's the worst yeah. And, and it comes up it, it comes up even more in the next chapter oh, after yeah. Hagrid has a word with them and they're still mm-hmm. it annoys me so they end up going to bed at like 1am um, and then after they've gone to sleep a shout wakes them up mm-hmm. and it turns out Ron says that Sirius Black was standing over his bed with a knife. What yeah. the fuck was Sirius's plan here, though? I don't know. <laughs> just find the rat and chop his head off. Like, like, just so Sirius, they were all out of the dormitory earlier that day. You didn't have to break in in the middle of the night when they're all guaranteed to be there. Well, I yeah. suppose he thinks that if when they're all out, Scabbers is on Ron. Yeah, uh, maybe. But also, he like slashes into the like curtains. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, that is so extra. That's so threatening. Like, just you just move them. Well, like, it's kind of it literally would take more effort to slash into the curtains. <laughs> you think as well, like, you okay? You torn a hole in it so you now have a tiny hole you still need to like did he like slash into it and then have to cut all the way down to the bottom of the curtain yes. and then the other side as well to, like, yes remove. just no. cutting and cutting into the curtains he's cutting, <laughs> ah. yeah. but that's why Ron woke up because he was just like what is that noise like <laughs> at the end like he was like puts down the knife gets out his craft scissors and they're just cutting this hole in <laughs> like oh but Jesus. it's the thing we were talking about like a few episodes ago with the misdirection like obviously we're being told that Sirius Black is the evil one yeah and then it turns out at the end that he's the good guy but there's still some things that then seem weird like him slashing up the fat lady yeah and standing over a boy's bed with a knife (laughs) like okay i understand you had a cause here he also has had a rough like 13 years yeah Yeah. he's become a bit he's still like a bit unhinged and he's like kind of like starving and on the run and stuff but also you're just like wow you really have a flair for the melodramatic like seriously dude Uh, Uh, like this uh, could all be seriously 
Hey! I didn't even mean to do that, but like, Seriously. again, it's just one of those things. It's like this all could have been solved with like a little bit of communication. Yeah. Like, come on, dude. Like, just like He's sit ridiculous. down with Dumbledore, have a conversation. I like, do feel like if he'd just gone to Dumbledore's office yep. and transformed in front of it, Dumbledore would have been like, I will listen to you. Yeah. yeah. Or like, he could have just not transformed and just Dumbledore would have had, like adopted him as this dog. <laughs> like, that doesn't help get rid of scabbers. Oh, but he would have had food. <laughs> the whole tower wakes up and McGonagall comes back in. Well, before that, Harry oh. immediately runs towards the murderer. That's just Harry. Mm, so yeah. stupid. Like, Harry, yeah. come on. What do you- it's also like he's a Gryffindor. Yeah. It's just also just Harry. Harry's like, danger, let me run into it's it. Like, it's the classic thing in a horror film where they hear a noise and they go towards it and you're like, what are you doing? Harry, go stop. The go the other way. And then she says, like, Harry was the first to the door. And yes. I was like, maybe don't be the first to the door. Yeah. Just like, okay, Harry, like you're the one that he wants to murder. Like, Stupid. Anyone else go. Yeah. Anyone else. I Like, how does McGonagall get to the Gryffindor pom room when they're making noise. Like, how does she know? Does she have some sort... I'm guessing there's some sort of spell set up where if they're... Because she comes in at 1am yeah. to shut the party down and then she comes in again because she thinks the party has restarted. So she mm. must have some sort of spell where if too many of them in the common room at yeah. a certain time, it sets something off. That or she literally just has, like, um, the baby walkie-talkies. Yes, that. Like, yeah. Just that. <laughs> just one hidden in the corner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I also like to think she got there so fast and obviously you can't apparate. She didn't walk there in human form. She galloped there in cat form. Yes. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So. I also noticed that when Ron um, is trying to tell... Per- so Percy comes down and says, he's like, what's all this racket? We're meant to be in bed. And Ron says, Purse, serious fact was in my room. And it says he says it in this faint voice. And also he calls Percy Purse, mm. which he never does. And it's just such like nice, subtle writing about her Ron is actually afraid here. Yeah, like, yeah, it's really sweet. It's so sweet. that She doesn't, like, Jacob Ron doesn't need to put loads of description about how he's afraid or anything. She just needs to write, like, Purse. And I'm like, oh, Ron, he's scared. Yeah. But also I love that no one believes him. No. <laughs> they were just like, Ron, you had a bad dream. I mean, I Come can kind of see not believing him, though, right? Yeah. Yeah, of course. He's like but it's a dumb kid who's always so dumb. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Although, like, Sirius Black has tried to break him before. It's not out of the realms. It's not like Voldemort broke into the room. Like, yeah. okay, Ron. And, and also, like, how how would the, like, drapes get cut up? Yeah. Like, well, he only needs to say it yeah. a few times before people do actually take him seriously, though. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I can see not believing him. It's like somebody woke up mm-hmm. in a dormitory and said that. I'd be like, no. Yeah. Well, my favorite thing, though, is... Percy putting his prefect badge onto his <laughs> fucking pajamas. Oh, <laughs> just in case so anyone has Percy. forgotten. Yeah. yeah, just in case anyone forgot. Yeah, you know? I am head boy. Uh-huh. <laughs> he just sucks so much and I love him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then Sir Duggan, McGonagall's just like, did you let a man in? And he's just like, yes. yes. He has yes, passwords. Of course he I did. <laughs> yeah, I just think I did. that logic. Yeah, and then obviously yeah. Professor McGonagall asks where he got the passwords from and poor mm-hmm. Neville has to raise his hand to admit it was him. Poor baby poor Neville. Neville. Somebody know. help so him. Like, with it changing every day, you wouldn't be the only one, surely. Uh, like, I wouldn't I, remember that. You I, know what my memory's like. Your memory's terrible. I wouldn't remember that if they were changing daily. I no. see where Neville was coming mm-hmm. from. Yeah. Oh. Such a such like also they haven't been trained to be like this is an actual security threat. 
I guess at this yeah. point, the fat lady's been cut open, so maybe they should be taking it a little more seriously, but still, like, mm-hmm. it's just the password to keep the fucking Slytherins out. Yeah. Exactly. And, like, at that time, exactly. after he escapes again, they introduce, like, a load of, like, security things where I was like, why wasn't this done in the first yes, place? Yes, exactly. Like, when Flitwick's teaching the front doors to recognize Sirius, like, why couldn't they already, if they could do that? Yeah. Why weren't, like, why did it take two break-ins one break-in just do it it's like last year when yeah. the um the chamber of Secrets got open they were like we'll wait till four children and one ghost almost dies before we evacuate this pool just like, evacuate it yeah goodness yep. sake yep, 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 yep. yeah my uh i have yeah. a younger brother who just turned 12 and just like looking at him and thinking about the shit that goes down at hogwarts like yeah. i would have burned hogwarts to the fucking ground <laughs> as a concerned yeah older person with a sibling there yeah there's like Dumbledore jokes at one point about like the amount of letters he gets for complaints from parents and I'm like you should yeah you, you're terrible yeah yeah, yeah. these we, children are in fucking running... danger yeah yeah we have a running joke on the podcast about Dumbledore's like yearly death quota <laughs> where he expects like every year like 20% of the school to die yeah <laughs> and it's just like allocated in different ways where it's like you know like 5% is like staircase. sacrificing oh um, sacrifices for the spiders yeah fed, and then like yeah. 10% is staircases yeah and then there's like kind of like a 2% of like miscellaneous death oh yeah I definitely yeah, would have died on a staircase there's no question oh, oh yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. they look dangerous yeah so maybe at this point they're like okay like it's not even that there's been two break-ins like before we were fine if serious marries just gives a child a bride serious no. marries me if he, like, <laughs> we were fine before if he murders someone but now actually we've had like too many deaths given the point we are in the year so now he can't because we don't want to go over the we don't want to go over the quota of deaths yeah 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 yeah, I mean, Hogwarts definitely kills a few students a year. Oh, exactly. The yeah. castle just eats them. Chapter 14, Snape's Grudge. So it's mentioned this extra security that they bring in, including showing the pictures of the doors and security trolls who are guarding the portrait of the fat lady and who spend all day looking grumpy and comparing the size of their clubs. Yes, they do. Yeah. Genuinely written in yeah. the book. Just, it's just there on the page. Yeah. I don't even, it's like, there. what do you even say at that point? I don't have, I tried to make a note on this and I was like, there's nothing I can say it's just on the pit jk rowling just wrote it yeah i'm not even gonna say anything because i don't need to no there it is mm-hmm. my job put that my in the work here is book. done here thank it you, is thank you jk yeah thank you <laughs> so neville's in so much trouble he gets a howler <laughs> poor neville um, it's sad oh no i feel so bad they like they dude they don't even let him know the password to his bedroom like that seems no. really extra he has to wait for another student to let him in every time he wants to go in. Which also, like, surely they he would just hear what they said. Like, yeah, because are they now changing it that regularly again? I don't know. Like, but, you know, you feel like in the morning you'd just be like, yo, Neville, today it's... Yeah. Yeah, yeah Professor McGonagall came down on him really hard. Mm-hmm. It's, it seems kind yeah. of, like, extra, because he's so little. I don't know. Yeah, it seems like we should be blaming Sirius Black, not Neville, in this situation. Also, I think Ron and Harry are so dumb in this situation because they're trying to justify Harry not turning over, like, the entrance into the school from the witch. Yeah. And... And Ron's like, oh, well, they they wouldn't they would have known if somebody had broken into Honeydukes. But Sirius has broken into Hogwarts at 
twice at this point. Twice now, yeah. Yeah. They're doing it. They're totally doing it for their own benefit. Yeah. Like, they want to come up with any excuse possible because it suits them. Mm -hmm. And just they don't seem to realize that that's the same shit that, like, Malfoy does to get away with stuff. What they're doing is so negligent because they don't care as long as they still have this advantage they want of knowing where the passage is. Yeah, yeah. and like I wrote down like Harry's priorities are whack because it's like he wants to keep that secret passage open so that he can go to fucking honey dukes and it's Stupid. like death but risk of sweet like shot. like sweet shot but risk of death. Yeah. Like seriously Harry like I think it reminds us that Harry is 13 like sometimes yeah. in these books I'm like oh for god's sake Harry but then I'm like wait hold on yeah. we are actually meant to be believing this is a 13 year old boy and this is in character. Like, also, this, like, yeah, these are things that I have then... a problem with now that I didn't have a problem with when I was a kid. Like yeah, yeah that checks out. Because, I'm 13. Yeah, duh. Exactly. So but clearly also, it's like, right. At 13 if someone was like okay this person wants to murder you <laughs> I find that exciting. My 13-year-old life was yeah. real boring. Someone wants to murder me? Like, Come, bring it on. And they were like, okay, they want to murder you. There's the secret tunnel that you could go to a sweet shop in. But also the murderer could get you in. I feel like I feel like even at 13, you no, like, more maybe interesting. Let's lock up yeah, but Harry's tunnel. real dumb. Yeah. He's that, super, that he does some things later in this chapter where I'm like, are you having a laugh? <laughs> um, so Hagrid invites Harry and Ron over for tea mm-hmm. and the boys realise that they've been super selfish and they've forgotten to help Hagrid prep for his trial. Well, also, oh. Hagrid says that he's booked two seats for him and Buckbeat on the night bus. <laughs> two seats! So cute. It's I so feel like cute. Buckbeat needs two seats to himself. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Hagrid needs two seats for himself. I feel like they should have booked two rows. They're quite, they're quite big. And then Hagrid brings up that Hermione and that she's been visiting Hagrid a lot because yeah. she keeps crying because she's lonely because she's stressed oh this took this so sad like, broke my heart yeah I know I think this is a really great like dad moment from Hagrid kind of mm-hmm. yeah yeah because I feel like uh, the the like the Harry and Hermione help out Hagrid a lot and mm-hmm. sometimes I'm like god actually Hagrid gets them into a lot of trouble a lot of the time but this is the moment where Hagrid is stepping up as the father figure for Harry and Ron that they kind of need at this yeah. point like yeah, they need somebody an adult to tell them yeah yeah and it's like Hagrid's first time like we always see him as this like lovable nice friendly silly character this is his first time like being a bit of a dick he's not being a dick he's being incredible yeah but like being a dick to Harry and Ron and be like dudes come on like but he's probably what are you doing? to tell them off He's yeah. probably the person, the only person that could tell them off in this way. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if it had come from a teacher, they would have been like, mm, whatever, go away. Yeah. If it had come from a peer, they might not have cared. But coming from Hagrid is the right level where, well, yeah. I was about to say that they'll listen to him, but they still don't they listen don't. to him. They don't yeah. listen but to I mean, him. Ron, Ron, like, does, Ron says at this point that, like, all Hermione has to do is apologize, and he's not wrong. He's not wrong. Yeah. Like, he makes the fair point that if she had just said sorry, he wouldn't be yeah, so like, angry. Yeah, like, sorry your okay, pet died. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. all Ron wants in this which is say. so valid. But also, Hermione is clearly so stressed and yeah. so upset and just needs someone there. And it's so incredible because yeah. Hermione is usually so in touch with, like, her emotion and, like, emotional mm-hmm. intelligence. That is, like, the core of Hermione's character. But she is so stressed that she's just not connecting with that at this point. Kind and of incredible. Also, like... 
yeah, Hagrid says, like, people can be a bit silly about their pets, which, like, is fucking true. Yeah, yeah. it is. And, like, also, like, you wouldn't want to believe that, like, your pet hadn't done that thing. No. Like, you wouldn't. And, like, I'm not defending Hermione because she's being a twat. But, like, we use excuse for, like, Harry and Ron, like, oh, they're only 13. Hermione is it's only she's 13. Also, yeah. She's yeah. Well, she's probably under 14 so at this 14. point. But 14 yeah, is she's not 14 much older than 13. Chapters. Yeah. But, like, you know, like... I was a moron until just now. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, They're all so young. I feel her, because they're being so mean to her. And, like, I just love Hagrid so much for doing this. I literally wrote, Hagrid is the best, and then drew a little love heart. Yeah. And, like, and it it shows, because at the end of the day, they're, like, a bunch of, like, preteens and teenagers that, like, don't have their parents there. Like, their parents aren't getting to parent them. And, like, yeah, they have their teachers, but a teacher is very different than a parent. Like, they teach you different things. I think think Hagrid just, like... I wrote this down. Hagrid just doesn't get enough credit for being one of Harry's father figures. Yeah, he doesn't. Note the fucking epilogue. Oh yeah, let's call the Charles Severus rather than I don't know. I was I was yelling at my friends last last night after I read these chapters. I was like, "Why the fuck isn't Albus named Remus Rubius?" Mm -hmm. Yes, the actual two father figures who actually helped Harry. Uh, Yeah, because Remus gets some good dad moments in later, but um. What yeah, I wanted to know is um, why Hagrid has an enormous fur suit. That's a smart suit. <laughs> is, uh, is Hagrid a furry? Oh, no! <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I just thought, oh, he he definitely he yeah. Yep. yeah. Oh, no. Yep. Mm, think I mean, about that I was for a proud. while. Did you see my eyes? I'm just like, oh. I was about to bring up how much I hate the theory that's going around a lot now that um saying that Hagrid was a death eater but I hate I hate this theory more (laughs) but this one this one checks out more I made this for you I I your listeners I I believe he's a fairy over he's a death eater but who the fuck is saying that that's fucked up man there's also the note that Buckbeak is currently sleeping in his bed (laughs) no Oh, I didn't say anything. I'm just pointing out what's written in the text. In the text. But Beak's in his bed. I haven't said anything else. That's some good shit. Some good shit. Right, so I'm going to go kill myself. Okay, great. Bye. <laughs> Love spending this time with you. It's been great. Yeah. <laughs> Harry and Ron discuss sneaking into Hogsmeade. Mm-hmm. Hermione overhears and tells them that they shouldn't because obviously... Sirius Black has now tried to kill Harry twice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he shouldn't sneak into Hogsmeade unprotected. And um, Ron is just a dick. And is like, Harry, can you hear something? After Hagrid has had this chat yeah. with them. Yeah. They're, they're being real weens. But also Hermione's not communicating well at this point either. No. No, she's not. And like, but the thing is like, yeah, she's like wrong in the whole cat thing. But here she's like 100% correct. But like, she is, but she's doing that thing where she goes about it in like book one Hermione way. She, where yeah. She's just like, you shouldn't do that. No, 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 no. She is right. But she's being like, I'm telling you, I'm going to tell Professor McGonagall. I'm like, you yeah. go about this in a different way. It's like, she but should be right. like, Harry, like, I'll stay with you. Like, we'll like make a nice day around the castle. Like, yeah, go- like there are so <laughs> many better ways you could go about this, but Hermione does just kind of know it all it at them yeah and yeah. also maybe ron should be like hey 
I'll stay. Like, yeah. I don't yeah. want you to go I into Hogwarts. Like Ron doesn't care enough that Harry could get murdered. <laughs> He's like, Harry doesn't fucking village. care either, though. No, Harry yeah. doesn't care. He's going to be murdered. Harry so, really is a true millennial. He just wants to die. He's like, yeah. kill me now. Kill me now. Please. I'm trash. And my suffering. <laughs> I'm Harry Potter. I, I'm Harry Potter. But then Harry does have a really Harry Potter moment where the next day he... Well, the Hogsmeade day, he literally, like... I. Every time I say this, you laugh at me because apparently I say, like, I was going to say, I wrote my notes, he blows Neville off. <laughs> I don't mean it in that way. What's the uh, phrase I'm looking uh, for? What were you reading? No, what, what's the phrase I'm looking for? No, that's yeah, it, but also it it's funny. Yeah, but, but also. But every time I write that down, you're like, <laughs> it's because it's me. Yeah. And I have the mentality of like a 13 year old boy. <laughs> but yeah, Neville is being kept back from Hogsmeade as one of his punishments. So Neville runs into Harry and he's like, oh my God, you can't go to Hogsmeade either. Amazing. Let's play Exploding Stuff. Let's do homework together. And Harry, being Harry, is just like, yeah, I just need to like go get this book from the library, see ya, and just run it's off. It's so home. mean. It's so mean. Can I just like, say that uh, Neville slash Harry is a great fucking ship? <laughs> Uh, yeah, great. I love it. I actually wrote a Neville slash Harry fairly recently. (gasps) Where is it? Where can we get hold of it? It's on (laughs) fanfiction.net and AO3, so you know. And and what is it called? It's (laughs) called, I think I called it Neville's Busy Day. Oh, I'm gonna fight. I'm actually writing it. Oh, it's not nasty or anything because I actually am so such a prude. I can't write nasty stuff myself, but um, I do seriously approve of Neville slash Harry. I I have never read any Neville slash Harry. The 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 next episode we're about to put out, we've put out our first fanfiction requests. We have. We got way too into the idea of a Hermione and Oliver Wood situation where they're both really, really stressed. They're the they same need, age. Same age. Oh, we, that's good. We requested people change it to the same age. That's good. But where they're both like really worked up and stressed uh-huh. about Quidditch, her about nice. her, like, and then they run table. into each other in the prefect bathroom, like, oh my yeah. gosh. They go to the prefect's bathroom to, like, de-stress, and then they run into each other. Oh, I'm into and that. Really... I mean, yeah, that's, that's one of the things on that I love about Percy slash Oliver so much, is that they're both such high-strung, stressed-out dudes that I think they just need to bang it out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I didn't even know about that ship until we discussed it with Chris, and then I was just like, "This is everything I ever needed." I yes, knew, I knew it was a thing. Um, Although one of our it. one of our listeners does contend with me that uh, Wood slash Flint is better, and mm, I'm willing to consider it. Maybe that's more of a Romeo Juliet style. Yeah, because right? I like that, but I don't. I don't view Flint sexually. Whereas, like, I could maybe <laughs> Percy. Like, all right, probably not, but. Yeah, I'm excited to see if we get any fan fictions. Woods, like, I mean, I Hermione has been slashed with every character. Everyone, <laughs> every character yeah. slash Hermione exists. Yeah, so we could we could find it. I think I think the most disturbing one you read out was Hermione slash Crookshanks that was Regulus. Was um... I did not. I I would like to. Con- I did not fucking read that, and I vomited the entire time. <laughs> yeah, but the, you guys read out. I was just like. <laughs> My brain! <laughs> Vomited oh, slash cried the entire time. Yeah. It was a lot yeah, to I deal need, with. That was some messed I up shit. Harry <laughs> slash Luna. I actually really like Harry. I like Harry. That's Luna. a cute, really that is like a really Harry cute Luna. ship. There is, there, I do like a lot about that ship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've gone on a ship tangent. 
Oops. I love all ships. It was always going to happen. I love every ship. So Harry runs off from Neville and Snape clearly... So Snape catches him at Snatch... At the statue. Uh At the where now? Snatch. 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 That's nasty. catches Harry at the statue and Mm. Harry still chooses to go to Hogsmeade. I know. It's so dumb. And he even sees Snape, like, investigating. He's like, okay, is Snape reading their their minds here? I think it's pretty clear that he is, right? I also think, from what I could gather from the later bit where he's looking at the map, I think he basically saw the marauders around the statue Oh, from his public school. I think? also saw them with pe- the piece of paper, but never understood what they were. So yeah. then when he sees, I assumed when he saw Harry around the statue, he was like, hmm. why did I see James and Sirius around the statue? And now I'm seeing Harry. Yeah. But I, think I kind of assumed that he was minds. reading their minds, Harry's mind here and later, actually. Because he's being like he, really specific about keeping eye contact. Is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then surely he can't because he might get an inkling, but I he think, can't be reading the entire thing or he would know exactly yeah. what the fuck yeah, is Yeah, I think he's but getting the he, surface thoughts. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that the theory he could just be kind of putting two and two together. Like, yeah. I mean, it's kind of like if you just found a dude like hanging out by a random statue, you would be a bit like, hmm. But it's like we know from book five or six that he used to follow the marauders around a bit to <laughs> wanting to catch them out in something. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe he's like, I don't know. I think it's a mixture. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I feel like he definitely can't be completely reading his mind because he doesn't know it's a map. Yeah. I, th- I think it's, it's probably not kind totally, of... but I think there is kind of a point in the book being made about the amount of eye contact he's keeping with them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And Harry says, like, he's like, boring into his yeah. eyes so I, th- I think i think there are some hints like early in the books about dumbledore and snape both doing a little bit of that kind of mind reading stuff on harry yeah, yeah. and it's pointed out in book five that it isn't just mind reading you can't see everything yeah. that's happening but yeah. surface level thoughts that come to the front of your mind can be read so yeah. i think that is what's happening yeah so harry goes to hogsmeade he's so rather kind of fucking around they're outside the shrieking shack and Malfoy arrives and immediately starts goading okay are, uh, are Malfoy Vinny and Greg just like sightseeing I love Vinny I love that you say Vinny are they just sightseeing oh, though yes they're that lovely. is they so can, cute they can have nice weekends together yeah <laughs> I like them. I like to think that much like me Hannah and Neil they're a thruple <laughs> Stop, um. we're not. <laughs> Don't publicize this because we're not. I just, I just feel so alone. <laughs> no, but I like to think that Draco, Crab, and Goyle are just a nice little truffle together. I like to think that when they're not, like, they have these days together, and Malfoy's still going around like Harry Potter, Harry, 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 <laughs> and yeah, Crab and Goyle are just like okay. I feel sure. like that's a good okay. fan fiction trope, like when someone's like really fixated on someone else and doesn't realize that entire time that they've yes. kind of with the other person yes and eventually they realize i feel like that's what is gonna happen I... like draco's really fixated on harry and then one day he actually realizes that it was crab and goyle all along <laughs> oh my gosh yes i do love um dreary or dramini written from vinnie or greg's perspective so good i haven't read that i need to read so good I need to read that and I need to start calling them Vinny and Greg. Uh, that's their names. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that's what they're called, actually. Oh, 
Definitely. Well, like, it's, Malfoy's doing his Malfoy thing because he arrives like, oh, yes, father has written to me and said that I, he had to give testimony and the great oaf is going to cry. And I'm like, do you ever shut up and talk about anything else? He does just not. obsessed. He just obsessed. He just can't stop. Malfoy just, like, I love him. He's the yeah. worst. <laughs> He's committed to the cause. So then he starts taking the mick out of Ron. And Harry's like, this is a great opportunity wait, to wait. mess with him. How weird does Ron look up there by himself? <laughs> he looks bizarre. Yeah, literally. <laughs> like, oh, I'm just going to stand at this shack. <laughs> Just that weird kid just watching the Shrieking Shack by, by himself. himself. Like, everyone has that weird ginger kid in their year. <laughs> oh. But in the films, they tried to change it because they never did the fallout between Ron and Hermione. Yeah. So they tried to change it into the start of their romance where they were like, do you want to move a bit closer and to the what? Shrieking Shack? Told me now. That was horrific. So awkward. The films could not do any romance. No, it no. was so bad. Oh. I have oh. no memories of any of the movies. I'm just going to say that oh lucky you. they're all purged there's nothing in here from them oh, oh <laughs> i'm very envious not that there's much in here from anything but fan fiction so let's be real <laughs> yeah do you even know what's canon and not by now actually no oh god <laughs> it's all fan fiction so harry thinks this is a great opportunity to just start launching some mud at Malfoy. So, how does he do this? I. This is my nose. This is oh, invisible. Question. Yes. Because... Is he scooping them up with the invisibility cloak over his hand? Because then he would get mud on the invisibility cloak. <laughs> and then it no, would because be he split... said his hands are yeah. muddy later. So then he must be doing it within the cloak, mm-hmm. but then he must take his hand out to throw it. Mm-hmm. It makes no sense none yeah unless nothing Never. sticks to the invisibility cloak but then he gets mud on his hands that's, i think that's from hands. climbing the tunnel later because the tunnel's like us like a like a dirt tunnel under honeydukes oh. mm, maybe then maybe he yeah. is using the cloak then then he gets his cloak all dirty i have no fucking this is clue. no because then it also says he launches a stick he throws a stick stick. yeah he throws a stick he throws a bunch of shit with his hands in the cloak I don't know it seems improbable well then because he's being such an idiot his face gets revealed because he sticks his leg out to trick someone of course if you stick your leg out but this is also where Harry is just like overly fixated he's like oh I'm a young teenage boy that can turn invisible what shall I do with this I'm gonna throw mud at people and you're just like checks out Yeah, yeah. Seems, mm-hmm. seems normal. Yeah. He's so dumb. So his head, his head gets revealed. Malfoy sprints back up to the castle. So Actually, that's, Harry this is something I remember from to. the movies. Um, Tom Felton screaming yes. at Harry's head. I do remember. That. <laughs> <laughs> Great acting. I love it. I love so Tom good. Felton so much. So good. He's very good. So Harry runs back up into the castle, and in a moment, I actually cannot wrap my head around. He gets to the bottom of the tunnel. Like the bottom of the slope. Yes, I don't and understand this. He's like, I need to drop my invisibility cloak off because it's incriminating. Good. Well done, Harry. Good thinking. Why but can't you just use the invisibility off. cloak to go anywhere else in the castle, Harry? Well, you're that, fucking or, invisible. Or if you're going to drop the invisibility cloak off, drop off the bag of Zonko's products that yeah. are literally incriminating you. You yeah. actual Literally. <laughs> drop off the map. Drop off the Zonko stuff. If you're going to keep one thing, keep the invisibility cloak. Yes. Ideally, or lose it all. check the map, see where Snape is. He's in the corridor above. I'll wait till he walks past or I'll become invisible. And uh-huh. then, the, oh yes. my God, this child defeated Voldemort somehow and I'm not sure how. This is, this is such a stupid Harry moment. 
Yeah, I know. I know. Like, it's even if he just didn't drop off the cloak, I'd be like, okay, he was in a rush. He was panicked. It's the fact that he has that thought. Like, oh, I shouldn't then, have the yes. invisibility cloak, but I'll keep everything else. I'll keep the yeah, Harry, This is why you need these. Hermione. So Snape catches Harry outside the statue yeah. because obviously he does. Yep. And then he's like goading Harry about his dad. And they basically get into a fight, not about Hogsmeade, about his dad, which yeah. is a bit weird. Harry is yeah, Harry very sensitive Harry... about his parents. Really he, he just gets so easily provoked. And it's like, he literally said, he's like, oh, he's aware that Snape's trying to provoke him. And then he just goes for yeah. it anyway. Like, do better. Just zone out, Harry. Master the zone out. Yeah, like, you know what you do? Just have to turn off from a situation. Me Harry you, just yeah. lacks Cannot that. handle wow. it. Yeah, I know. He, he consistently... Like, throughout this whole book, he gets cons- consistently goaded about his parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. it's actually it's so pretty dumb. sad. It yeah. is sad. Like, leave him alone. <laughs> like, yeah. Yes. But, like... So Harry literally yells at him and tells him to shut up and is like, my dad saved your life. Which is just a a dumb thing to use when you don't know the fucking context. That's pretty 14 year old, I think. Yeah, it is. I can see why he did it, especially at his age. But also like, Snape's your teacher. He can give you punishments. You have no leg to stand on here. (laughs) Nope, Harry cannot handle Snape. So Snape reveals not the full story, but a lot more of the story, that it was a practical joke Mm -hmm. where Snape was actually going to be killed and James got cold feet at the last minute and went to save Snape. This is such an interesting moment of Marauder's canon. I love this moment of Marauder's canon. Yeah, because, because we were talking earlier about how, like... Well, Sirius holds a knife and he's meant to be a good guy, but Sirius literally played a joke on Snape that would have killed yeah, him Sirius, in school. Oh my gosh, Sirius is maybe my favorite character. He is so interesting in that yeah. he is such a moron. Yeah, and he's so... Like, they talk about James being arrogant, but Sirius is a whole nother level of... Yeah. Yes. But then also, like, it's that thing. I feel like they're all young and it's like... You know, when young people, like, have... They kind of have, like, a detachment from, like... They don't see the connection between their actions and then, like, the, the results. Yeah. So, yeah. like, that's why Harry's like, oh, no, it's fine. Like, I won't tell anyone about this passageway because he just... He doesn't see that as connected to Sirius getting in, even when it obviously is. When you're young, you don't make that kind of connection. Yeah. And I feel like it's the same thing where, like, Sirius set up this prank and he's like, oh, haha, it's a funny but prank. But it's so messed up really because what see. is the consequence of this prank, Sirius, that your best friend kills someone? Well, it's this is so the side fucked the, up. This yeah. is the side of the prank I've never understood. Like, fine, you wanted Snape to get attacked because he was so kept following you around but you're setting up your best friend yeah. mm-hmm. to murder someone when your best friend tries his hardest to not be a bad yeah. well he doesn't want to hurt anyone yeah. he has been tortured his whole life by the fact he might accidentally hurt someone and you're gonna set him up to hurt someone that's gonna hurt your best friend more than anything like exactly this prank from Sirius is bizarre it's so messed up so so here's the thing Wolfstar is my OTP full stop yes but this moment yes. is something that if they don't work through it in a fa- in a wolf star o- um, fan fiction that i'm reading i'm not happy because this is so <laughs> fucking messed up yeah yeah and like uh, when i was a kid i just didn't really think about this yes. moment but like and this is the point of what we're doing going back as an adult this is so fucked up what sirius does and i don't know how we reconcile him because also 
by McFive, he's still not a great adult. Like, he's a complex character. Not everyone has to be a good or a bad yes. character. And Sirius yeah. is definitely not an all-good character. But he's given so much credit in the books for being this amazing father figure to Harry, when actually he's a very flawed Yeah, he's figure. so he flawed. Is, he, he is... Yeah. He's, like, emotionally centred. Like, he spent, like, 13 years in prison, in prison. and he basically didn't grow up from, like, when he went in yeah. at, like, He's still 18, a young yeah. asshole. Yeah, exactly. Like, he di- he didn't grow up and he didn't develop emotionally. Um, so that, he kind of, like, stays how he is. He was already, like, a fucking flawed character. Yeah. Yep, yep, yeah, yep, yep. Growing. I love this part and I hate this part. And it just, it complicates Sirius so much as a character and I love that. I love yeah. that. Like, and you it should also, have at this point, it complicates James because we don't know that it wasn't actually James. Like, we're told that it was Harry's dad. We later on learn, but at this point in the books, we just think that James did this. Yep. We don't realise it was serious. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Snape confiscates the parchment, which is the map, and then tries to, like, open it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, the, and, like, the name starts to appear, Goading Snape. And I, yep. like, the same way I wondered about if Snape actually kind of knows something about the hump, I wondered if he, the hump, the witch. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I realised I just said the hump. <laughs> I wonder if Snape Yeah, does kind Snape know about humping? Humping. Uh, <laughs> Snape doesn't know about I, anything. And he doesn't know anything. Um, I wonder if Snape kind of recognises the nicknames that are written on the map. Yeah, I think I he must. Like, right? Yeah, yeah, I think he must. Because he seems to get really mad about it. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, he says something about, I wonder if he got it from the manufacturers. And I'm like, yeah. He can't confirm. He has nothing to prove that these were these kids' nicknames in school. But his memory must be like, I heard them call each other that. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I'm pretty sure this is what is right. You... Yeah, and that's why he gets Lupin in, because yeah. he, he knows that, that Lupin's Lupin connected. has given Harry this yes. whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Does Lupin get there first? But yeah, it's yeah. Lupin and then Ron. I'm just, I'm just so is... curious about how Lupin must feel seeing this map. Yeah. Right? It must be and like kind of seeing this like childish joke it. that he would have done when he was a kid, but now he's like, yeah. oh shit, this is really embarrassing. Right? And also yeah. like knowing that this is how, because he's also carrying around a lie. He has refused to tell Dumbledore mm-hmm. that Sirius can transform into an Animagus and no secret passages in the school because he doesn't want Dumbledore to find out his own wrongdoing. So although yeah. he tells Harry off, He's also lying to the point where he could be helping Harry get murdered. Yeah, and he doesn't yeah. fucking turn eyes. over the map at the end either. He just keeps no. it. Exactly. exactly. Like, this is why I love... I feel like Lupin is always seen as, like, a very, like, good character. And he's I love not, him because I think, like, this is he's fucking not. flawed. And also, he's yes. obviously very flawed in the last book as yeah. well. And, like, I love... I love him as a character because I feel like we see him as just like he's kind of described as like the like bookish good one and yeah. you're like he's not like there is yep. so much yep. more to him than that yep. yeah yep. it's yep. just Sorry, like, I love like Lupin versus... so much Lupin yeah, Lupin same. actually might I don't know it's it's a tie between him and Sirius for me yeah yeah because they're both I, I... so flawed and so cool so complex yeah, yeah. So it must have been such a weird moment to arrive in that room and see the map, though. Like, yeah, yeah just like this, yeah. this like flash from the past of your friends who are mostly dead in your memory. Yeah, yeah, and also to be like, how has Harry ended up with it? Like, is this fate? Like, yeah, you know, like weird to see like your friend's son. He recovers a lot like him so quickly from that too. He just like yeah. sees this thing that must absolutely gut him, and he just like snaps into like oh this is why this is happening yeah because he's still determined to like not let snape 
win. Um, yeah, no, fuck Snape. Yeah. Always. Yeah, yeah. Always, always fuck Snape. Snape. But Ron arrives, like, panting and saying, oh, I gave Harry all that stuff last time I went to it's Hogsmeade. It's so dumb. This is so dumb because <laughs> at this point, he doesn't know. Wait, what did I wrote? Because why would he know if Harry hadn't been with <laughs> Yeah, at this point... <laughs> I mean, like, he's had like, a while to think about all the things that could be fucked up about Harry's explanation, I guess. I but also, guess? like, from Snape's point of view, surely you would be like, Ron, how do you know that Harry's in here? Yeah, like, as far as from an outside perspective. <laughs> Ron, yeah, how does Ron, Ron find them? Jesus <laughs> Christ. Yeah. But Ron's in Hogsmeade. He's in Hogsmeade <laughs> all day. Harry's lying and saying he's been in the castle all day. So why does Ron appear? Yeah, from Snape's perspective, why would Ron run in and be like, yeah. I gave him that stuff? Like, how would you know that? Exactly. Surely that just confirms that Harry was, was there. Because was otherwise, Ron, why would Ron come early, go to Snape's office? Like, how would he know? I mean, that I guess Harry was in maybe trouble? the like, explanation is that he saw Draco and Draco was like, ha, huh, Ron, I'm going to fuck you and Harry up. Yeah. But, like, oh. Oh, it just gives the game away. Like, it gives the game away. Oh, it's so funny. And he just lets them go. It's so nuts. What if he ran in? What if Harry had intelligently, like, hidden all the Zonko stuff and then Ron ran in, like, I gave him it. Oh, he doesn't have it. Never mind. It's so convenient. Because Lucan's like, I need to talk to them about their essay. I'm like, Snape would not let this go that easily. He does. He just, like, he lets them go. I guess it's yeah. because uh, Remus sides no with them. No proof. Yeah, and he has no... He, like, he has a lot of suspicions, but no proof. Yep. Yeah. So Lupin then tells the boys off in a way that is actually, like, I, horrible to read. I like, have he written down on, here... I'm I have, angry, I'm disappointed. I have written down Lupin has some real big dad energy here. <laughs> yeah, he does. Big daddy energy. Sorry. 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 Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but literally yeah. saying to Harry, like, your parents sacrificed themselves. Yes. And they didn't die, so you could be a twat, basically. Yes. I was like, Lupin's I mean, not mad at Harry. He's just He's disappointed. He's just disappointed. Yeah. Thank you, Dad. <laughs> yeah. But Harry literally says it's worse than Snape yelling at Yes. It was worse to read. That was really yeah. It was so gutting. Lupin just puts him, it is... Place, like just being like you were literally sacrificing dying when your parents died to save you yes to go to a fucking sweet so shop so yeah. good like, yes he's so like, right oh. and harry still fucking doesn't listen to him but yeah. he's so right yes but then doesn't go yes yes and say i've been hiding stuff he's lying and risking as much so nuts this is Sirius so nuts did it and Lupin is sitting on the information that he knows. Like, later he's like, oh, I thought he was using dark magic. But, like, Lupin, why wouldn't you tell Dumbledore? Mm -hmm. And it's just because he's scared of being found out that he broke the rules in school. And I'm like, you're risking Harry's life. He's he's still protecting James, I feel like. He's still protecting them from when he was a kid. And it's so typical of Lupin. Yeah, Yeah. it is. Like... It's it's hard because he's a Gryffindor, but at moments he's very cowardly. Yeah, yeah. like and it, it's so hard because obviously he lives with this like being a werewolf has affected his life in every single way, and it's really hard for him. But oh, I don't. Oh, I he's don't just know. one of those people that's like incapable of making good fucking choice. <laughs> like just consistently yes. bad takes. Yes. It's like 
Yeah, it's like he's so scared of what the world... <laughs> well, it's true. He's so scared of what the world will do for, to him. Yeah. He's scared of... To do the right thing. Exactly. Yep. He's like... Scared of being a baddie so much that it makes him a baddie. Yes. Yeah. I, I, yeah. yeah. I love Lupin. I love Lupin. He yeah. may be my favorite complex... character, actually, now that I think about it. I know. It. I feel like everyone always focuses on Sirius, and I'm like, Lupin is where it's at. And yeah. I don't mean that in a way where, like, I love him as a character, I don't love him as a person. Yes. Yeah. He like, he I... was the one that I really liked when I was a kid, too. Yeah. I yeah. did a lot of, like, Marauders era role playing, and I always ship wow. myself with Lupin because I was there. I like him. <laughs> I do like him in his cardigans. The like cardigans are <laughs> like a, good, a, good, a good thing. I I just really like that how complex these characters are in a children's book. Like, yeah. It's very easy to just write simplistic characters mm. in a children's book and for these complexities to come in. And you can tell they're very complex because there's you know 70 harry potter podcasts talking about these fucking <laughs> issues two decades on <laughs> of which we contribute nothing yeah oh, man. don't don't say you love short i love your takes <laughs> we, we contribute some british accents we do <laughs> <laughs> but like you can tell these complex issues so harry feels terrible and then they run into i mean he should feel terrible hole. And she says that Hagrid has lost the case. Yeah, I thought it was funny that Harry confused Hermione's about to cry face with her, I just heard about someone breaking rules face. <laughs> Surely they're two different faces. Right? Harry's Come on, Harry. oblivious, though. So, so, what did you think of this chapter? I, well, these chapters. Okay, so chapters. Thing. Snape's grudge is like the reason I did mostly Marauders era stuff when I was a kid. Because yeah. I thought the Marauders were so funny. Right? Yeah. Yeah, like, they're. <laughs> Everyone always says, oh, if, you know, J.K. Rowling could, like, write one more thing, it should be Marauders era. And I used to not really. I actually feel like I wasn't that into Marauders when I was younger. Like, I was kind of like, why is everyone so into it? And looking back at it, I'm like, God, there's so much story here and there's such complex characters and it would be so cool to get more in detail I think, about that. I think what it is is that we only ever, like, zone into the Marauders to get, like, major plot points, which yeah. means that we lose all the kind of, like, nuance and the character development in between those points. Yeah. Mm. So, like, seeing, like, yeah, see, Lily and James James's going... growth is something that I really wish we could have gotten at some point. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like such a U-turn from where we see them not really liking each other yeah. to then hearing about them being really, really happy. I mean, I still and that is that is somewhere where the, that fan fiction really filled in really well. I yeah. think um, the mm. the J- there is a lot of James slash Lily stuff that's really good. Yeah, yeah, I can. Well, I like I would hope so because yeah, I finished the book still thinking James is a dickhead. It in my head, kind so, of like is. he was just he's just a jock. Like how did he go from that to him and I Lily? I think he's. I think Lily was actually just kind of into it the whole time and just pretended that she wasn't. <laughs> she was kind of like no, no. Yeah. yeah, I think he obviously did like deflate yeah. his ego a lot, and also. We've got to remember that, like, basically the war kicked off as they yeah. left yeah. school. And that yeah, and the so fact that James and Lily just, like, serious. jumped into it immediately, I think says yeah. so much about them. Yeah, like, their heart was always in the right yeah. place, and they wanted to help with this effort, like... Yeah. yeah, I think there's a lot of story to be told with the Marauders, and I think fanfiction does a great job of that. I like how you're like, you're like you know, there's a lot of fanfiction. Jeez, <laughs> there's a reason I do a fanfiction podcast, and it's because I love it. I just feel like there's just endless 
stream of like you're never going to run out we're never going to run out of no. fiction it's all good in, do you know what I really need to get back into reading more of it because I felt like I, I obviously went through such a stage of reading yeah. it and then I went through the classic stage of oh my god this is the most uncool thing ever. <laughs> I cannot tell anyone let me delete every search history that ever existed mm. now I'm like do you know what? Fuck that. I need to go back and read some of like the good stuff and the yeah. hilariously funny yes. stuff. Like yeah. the two ends of the spectrum. I have read yeah. some I mean... amazing serious slash Remus shit. I love it. I'll never stop mm. loving it. It's my favorite chip. What did you think of these chapters, Charlie? Yeah, I liked them. Like I said, I was really worried when I started reading. I was like, oh no, it's just Quidditch. <laughs> but then it really fucking kicks off. I feel like oh, this really is where like, the books finally start to get going a little bit. Yeah. Um, to be honest, though, the and... Quidditch is why is part of why I loved this book as a kid. I loved the sports parts of this book. I actually liked Quidditch a lot yeah. as a kid. I just, it's so hard for me as an adult because I'm just like, it's... Yeah. It makes no sense. As, uh, I just, that's my, my hot Quidditch take. I liked Quidditch a lot as a kid. Yeah, I had no problem with it. I think, but what, my favorite thing was always Lee Jordan was commentating. Like, <laughs> I think that's amazingly written. I find it... The bits that make me laugh the most in the book yes. is Lee Jordan's commentating. Yeah. It's <laughs> so good. He's so very good. good. Yeah. Oh, I wish we'd gotten more Lee Jordan stuff, to be honest. Yeah. I just, the entire book spoke from Lee Jordan's, just him doing the commentary. (laughs) Like, on life, though. His commentary on life. Yeah. So good. Mm -hmm. Well, do you know what? Growing up as the twins' best friend. Yeah. Lee Jordan just live-tweeting all seven books. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Harry Potter's done more shit again. Oh, my God. My year's been ruined by Harry Potter again. Yeah. Says everyone at Hogwarts. Yes. Anyway, would you like to explain to the podcast in a lot more detail about fanatical figs and why they should come and listen? A lot of our listeners do already listen. Yeah, (laughs) and where they should find you. We just love fan fiction and especially ridiculous fan fiction so much. The fan fiction, our podcast comes from a deep love of fanfic. It's not there to, I mean, we're there to make some spicy takes about ridiculous shit in fanfic, but we love it at the end of the day. Yeah. And, and you can tell we that have like, a lot of really comes through. I, I, that's, that's always the hope. The hope is that our love comes through because we do. Sequoia wrote a lot of it when she was little and I read a lot of it when I was little. <laughs> Yeah. And it's just such a fun because we we've specialized in the stuff before book seven come up and it came out. And it's just such a fun era of fanfic to be in and to just look back on that. It's just a fun time, I hope and think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So where can people find you? Find us whenever wherever fanfic. <laughs> Shit. Fuck. I'm pretty <laughs> done with that. <laughs> podcasts are at uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify Fanatical Fix and where to find them is our long ass name. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook at (laughs) Fanatical Fix Uh, Yeah, check us out. You definitely should Our Discord has actually become I think, so you're, because we upload every fortnight and you yeah. guys upload every yeah. fortnight and the weeks we're off you guys upload oh really and our discord becomes like have you listened to fanatical fix episode and they all discuss it and i'm like <laughs> i love this that our discord's become a discussion for your guys. yeah oh, it's awesome they like oh like they were like you guys need to upload like every week like you know like the gap between episodes is really bad oh. like 
no, we were like, like, we can't, yeah, yeah. we can't, but go listen to Fanatical Fix. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's it, that's it. We're yeah, sister it. podcasts, and when we're off, you're on, and you should just be yeah, listening to the other one. perfect. None of us planned this, but this is perfect. Yeah. We can never swap weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, thank you so much for taking the time to come on. This yeah, has been so fun. This. Uh, and hopefully sometime in the next few weeks slash months we'll be guesting on your definitely but yeah thank you so much for coming on oh thank you so much for having me this was so fun i get so little opportunity to talk about actual canon (laughs) (laughs) oh love it okay so we'll say goodbye to the podcast we're not going to say goodbye to you immediately that would be weird (laughs) sign off (laughs) bye podcast bye podcast thanks for listening bye bye Thank you for listening to this episode of Goblet of Wine. To keep up with us in between episodes, you can find us on Twitter at Goblet of Wine Pod, on Instagram at Goblet of Wine Podcast, and on our website at www.gobletofwine.co.uk. You can also leave us a rating and review on iTunes or on Facebook. Thank you so much to our producer-level patrons, Amanda, Mark, Sandra and Danny, for their help supporting this podcast. If you'd like to support us, as well as gaining access to behind-the-scenes content and bonus episodes, check out our Patreon on patreon.com slash Thank you so much for listening to this episode, and we'll see you in the next one. Bye! Bye.